Some of you may not know this, um, a while back earlier this year, we got a grant um, through a company and it's called Synapsery and we were able to get $5,000 of free equipment for a special needs sensory room back in OC Kids. And we've installed everything that we have so far. Um, We don't have it all yet, but we do have the room open for our special needs students. And it's just a blessing um, for that to be taken place and for us to be able to provide that for families and for their kids. And we've named it, I talked with McKenna this week, uh, we've named it Gideon's Garden, Growing God's Warriors. And the story of Gideon, Gideon and how he thought he was the weakest of the weak, maybe an outcast, but God called him a mighty warrior or a mighty hero. And we want our kids to, to, with the special needs and the sensory things to utilize this space. And we want them to see themselves as God sees them, that he loves them so much and he wants them to be mighty warriors for him. So if you haven't had a chance sometime, you can look down there in OC Kids. It's called Gideon's Garden. We don't have the name on it yet, but uh, growing God's warriors and just a place for them to unplug uh, deal with the sensory things and just to be loved on. We got some great people that are helping in there. So just wanted you guys to know that, that we have that available. Um, so if you know of any families that maybe there's a lot of families that just don't come to church because we don't have something for their kids to, to be able to attend and, and be a part of. So let them know that's available. I thank you church for that. And I thank all of our volunteers that are manning that for us and, and making that available. Amen. 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 Also wanted to read a card here. Uh, special thank you. Every kindness has a part in bringing joy to someone's heart. It's sometimes easy to forget that there are nice people out there doing nice things for others. That's a good card. <laughs> Thanks for being such a special reminder with love, Archie and L- Linda. Thank you for all the prayers, cards, and nice things you have all done. Love our church family. Amen. So continue to keep Arch and Linda in your prayers. Also, if you saw the, I put it out yesterday on Facebook, on our Facebook page, you may not have seen it, but there was a a house fire of a family that's from Johnsonville, um, and they've pretty much lost everything. So I put that out on our Facebook page, what kind of sizes we're looking for, if you can help out with that, and there's a table out in the lobby area. We'll take those all through this week, and then I'll get with Brenda to get those to the family. Um, I know you guys will come through, and and I know this is a loving church, it's a giving church, and she messaged me, and whenever we see a need, and we can help, Orchardville Church is going to help, okay, because that's who we are, um, that's what we're about, and we want the community to know that we're there for them, all right, so if you can help with that, check it out, it's got the sizes on the, pa- on the table also, and I think that's it, lured, I said it again, lured, my wife hates it, she said it should be lured, lured, like sure, but I don't, lured, don't take the bait, we're in week two, uh, we started this series last week, and I got some positive feedback from you guys on this. Some of you say, Rick, that is me. I've been offended before. I'm trying to forgive, or I am forgiving, but it's a tough thing to deal with when someone hurts you, or you go through something, and you get offended, you get hurt, but you do not want to stay in that place of offense because you're getting out of the will of God for your life. Okay, so this week, we're going to talk about how could this happen to me? Has anybody ever said that before? Yeah. All right, six of us. This is for you today. How could this happen to me? Or you say something like, you won't even believe it. You won't even believe it, what happened to me. 
And again, we're, we're looking at this book that I've been reading, The Bait of Satan. And I gotta, I gotta get something here before we start. Be right back. This kind of gives you a clue who we're gonna talk about today. How could this happen to me? Woo, look at this. This is a custom work from my wife and my daughter. And I'm a little overweight, so it probably isn't going to look just right, but. You guys are like, who are we talking about? Bob Ross today? And I can't button it because, yeah, I just can't. In the book, um, he talks about He says, if we were to group all offended people into two categories, it would look like this. And he said, the first one is those who have been genuinely mistreated. There are some people out there, there are some people in this room that you have been genuinely mistreated. You have been done wrong. Then the second one, he says, those who think they have been mistreated, but actually were not. And I'm not even going to address that second one. You guys just need to get over yourself. Okay. We're going to talk about the first one, those who have genuinely been mistreated. If you've been genuinely mistreated or hurt, do you have the right to be offended? You don't have to answer that. Okay? And we're going to be in Genesis a little bit this morning between chapters 37 and 48. And we're going to take a look at the life of... I hear it. It's like school this week. Everybody's starting back. Don't want to start answering. Joseph, this is my coat of many colors. It's a little snug, but it is my coat of many colors. And we're going to be looking at Joseph. He was Jacob's favorite son. Um, It could be, he's someone that we could say was genuinely mistreated. If you've read this story, he's went, he went through some stuff. He has every right to be offended. And we're going to talk all about him this morning for about 20, 30 minutes or an hour. And jo- Joseph was Jacob's 11th son. He was a grandson of Abraham. He was hated by his older brothers because his father favored him. Parents, don't favor your kids. One over the other one. <laughs> and set him apart with a coat of many colors. Also, he was a bit of a tattletale on his brothers when they weren't doing right. Um, He was a bit of a bragger. He had some problems with pride and some character issues. And they're causing his older brothers to not like him. And God gives Joseph two dreams. And we're going to read those this morning as we get started. So we'll be in Genesis 37, verses 1 through 11. And I'll be in the New Living Translation this morning. Joseph gets these two dreams. And that's where we're going to start today. Genesis 37, 1 through 11. Are you guys happy to be here this morning? Amen, amen. I told our modified youth, I've noticed, well, I guess they've been up there a while. They're sitting up in the balcony now, which could spell bad things, but I am trusting and they love me so much that they are always on their best behavior. And I said, you guys know me. If you want to act up up there, I will call you out. But they're great, great group, great kids. 
And they've got the little pocket up there in the balcony to serve the Lord in worship. And I trust they do that every week. All right, here we go. Verses 1 through 11. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing, little tattletale. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, much like the one I adorn today. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and the eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? In verse 11, but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph... His father wondered what the dreams meant. Father, I thank you and I praise you again for the opportunity to be here. Lord, speak to us. Uh, speak through me, Father. Let me be that vessel and just be used by you and glorify you, Father. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So he has these dreams about his future. And, and if I was him, I'd be excited as well. Like, this is great. I've got some leadership in front of me. I've got some things that are going to be exciting coming up for my life. I'm going to be a leader. And, he, and he's letting his, know, his family know that you guys are going to bow down to me. The sun and the moon and the stars would even bow down. But the family does not share in this same enthusiasm as Joseph. They're not really excited about it at all. And they can't believe what he's saying. And they hate him even more for it. And one day the, the older brothers are far off and they're tending the flocks and Jacob asked Joseph to, to go check on his brothers because obviously they needed to be checked on. They weren't always doing what they needed to be doing. And so he goes and when he's a long ways off, they already could tell that it was him because, hello, who probably goes around wearing something like this in the coat of many colors? They were able to spot him and they see him coming and they come up with this big elaborate plan and it goes something like this. Are you ready for this? Let's kill him. We'll kill him. We're going to throw him into one of the cisterns here and just tell dad that a wild animal took him off and ate him and tore him up. Let's just kill him. Can you imagine feeling so jealous and so much hate and so much offense against someone that you wanted to kill them? Hopefully you guys don't imagine that. <laughs> but they were willing to kill their younger brother over a coat of many colors and over some dreams that he shared with them. And their jealousy grew into, in, into rage. And last week we talked about how with offense that it leads to betrayal, 
And if it's not dealt with, then it can lead to hatred in our lives. And they were so blinded with offense that they couldn't even tell what was right from wrong. That's how, that's how clouded their judgment was. That's how much they were hurting, they were offended, that they were angry at him. They couldn't even tell right from wrong. And so far, so, so Joseph's given some dreams by God, which are about his future, favored by his dad, and now this has brought him to this place where his brothers want to kill him. He's been mistreated. He's going to be mistreated. But it gets worse for him. How many of you know the story? Reuben, one of the brothers, says, let's not kill him. Let's not shed his blood. Let's just throw him in the cistern in the wilderness, and then he'll die without us even laying a hand on him. Reuben's plan was, I'm actually going to go back later and rescue him, or so he thought he was. So he arrives, and they rip off. Somebody want to do this for me? My son, come here. Actually, my daughter's meaner, but... Rip this off me, son. Oh. He wasn't joking around. And they rip off his beautiful robe that he's wearing, and they grab him, and they throw him in the cistern. Empty cistern with no water in it. And so they go sit down and they get ready to eat because that's what you do after you just throw your brother in a cistern. You just go have a meal. And they're sitting there and they see this caravan of camels coming along and they recognize that there's traitors. They say, let's, let's not leave him there. Let's actually sell, let's, let's make something off of him. Let's sell him to these traitors so he can be a slave. So they sell him for 20 pieces of silver and the traders take him to Egypt. It's just getting worse for Joseph now. Remember, God gave him vision, dream about what's going to happen in his life, how things are going to be, yet this is what he's dealing with. He has to be offended. He has to wonder, what in the world is happening to me? Then his brothers dip his, his coat in goat's blood and tell Jacob that they found it and ask isn't this, isn't this Joseph's? And, and I'm sure in a serious moment, but you got to wonder, well, of course it is. Who else wears something like that? Who else has something like that? And, and Jacob mourns because he's lost his son. He thinks he's been torn to pieces and he's gone. And I'm, I'm giving a lot of backstory on, on what's happened to get to something at the end about how could this happen to me? But the traders go and they sell Joseph to Potiphar and the officer, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. So now he's a slave in Potiphar's house. But the one thing that you have to remember through all of this is that even though he was going through things, even though he was having battles come up in his life, even though everything was opposite of what God had given him in a dream, he stayed faithful. How many of us can say that? No matter what we've been through, no matter what we struggle with, we kept staying faithful to God. And as he stayed faithful, he succeeded in everything he did as he served as a slave in this house. And, and Potiphar starts to notice this, like, man, the hand of the Lord is, the hand of God is on this man because everything he touches, everything he does is blessed. And he notices this and he makes him his right-hand man and he puts him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. 
And because of that, everything in Potiphar's household was blessed because of the hand of the Lord being upon Joseph and everything flourished and Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything. Now, sounds all right for him. I mean, he's a slave. That's not good compared to what he thought he was going to be and what God showed him in a dream. But Joseph was also a handsome man, kind of like, I was going to say myself, kind of like Nate Burgess over there. Look at that guy in the front row. Good looking guy, well built. And Potiphar's wife starts to catch feelings for Joseph. Like, woo, look at this guy. And she's looking him up and down and begins lusting after him. And she's nagging at him to sleep with her. Here's an opportunity for him choose sin. Go against God or remain faithful to God. She's like, I gotta have you, Joseph. I gotta have you. But he refused her. He's like, my, my, my master, your husband, trust me with everything. There's no way that I'm gonna do this, this bad thing, this wicked thing and go against him. There's no way I'm gonna do this. And she comes after him even more. And in his mind, in his heart, he was not going to let his flesh win out. Oh, to be like Joseph. No matter what you know, the enemy throws at us and tries to get us to sin and, and tries to get us to act on our flesh, to be faithful and say, no, no, no. That's not what God has for me. I'm going to be faithful to the calling that he's placed on me. And she keeps begging him to sleep with her, and he keeps refusing and then one day when no one's around, he's doing his work. She comes up to him. She grabs his cloak. And I wasn't going to reenact this one today. No way. And demands that he sleeps with her. And Joseph tears himself away, but his cloak, his robe is left in her hands. <laughs> so he bolts. He leaves. He realizes that she has the robe. He leaves. And he takes off running. And she's left holding it. And she calls out to her servants and says, look, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave in here. And he's tried to rape me. Here's his robe, but he took off running as, as I screamed. How could this happen to me? So Potiphar gets home. She tells him about it. Joseph's put into prison. Did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. He's hurt again. Been betrayed again. Again, how could this happen to me? God's given me dreams. God's let me know what's in my future. How can this happen to me? And do you know if he would have plotted revenge, that God would have had to leave him in the dungeon to rot? Because if he would have took this revenge, he would have killed 10 of the 12 tribes of Israel, including the lineage of Judah, where King David and Jesus came from. All that would have happened if he took revenge. When Joseph's brothers did this to him, and as he's thrown into prison, you know, you have to think about things. And I've asked myself in, this in life a lot. How could this happen to me? How can this happen to us? What did we do to deserve this? And the whole time we ask those things, you know, and, and, and Joseph's there and his brothers are doing this to him. Do you think that God is up in heaven saying, oh no, that was not supposed to happen. 
oh no, I'm totally shocked that Rick went through that. That's silly to even think about. It's silly to even say that the God of the universe who holds the whole world in his hands and knows everything would be up there saying, you're right, Rick. You're right, Joseph. I don't, I don't know what happened. But we treat God that way sometimes. When we question, how could this happen to me? He's not surprised. Nothing shocks him. And, and I think sometimes we think that he's, that he's thinking that, like, when we're crying out and wondering and questioning, why this, God? Why did you do this? Why is this happening? And, and, and he's, you know, a lot of us might whine and complain about things like, oh, I'm 32 and I'm not married. And God's like, I know, I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. No, he doesn't say that. Or I can't believe I got fired from my job for something I didn't even do wrong. I can't believe that happened. And God's up there with his name. Hey, do we have a backup plan for, for this, this guy that lost his job that serves me? We, we got plan A, plan B, plan C for him because I'm really surprised by what happened down there. He's not shocked by these things. And, and for us to think that, to question God, we're basically saying that, that God has no clue what he's doing and that he is not directing our steps as we're faithful to him. And the whole time he is, as we stay faithful, he directs us. So Joseph's in this prison and he's gonna get tested again. There's two other men that were in this prison and they have a dream and they need it to be interpreted. Guess what? That's what Joseph knows how to do. And they come to him asking, can you interpret, interpret this dream that we had? Now, here's Joseph sitting in prison, betrayed, hurt, offended, going through some stuff, wondering where is God in all of this? Now, if it was me or you and somebody did something to me and my life was just going uh, bad day after bad day after bad day and things I'm struggling with and it's just been bad, bad, bad. And I have a gifting for whatever it is here for Joseph, it's interpreting dreams. And someone comes to me and says, I had a dream. Now, I, you know how the story goes, but you have to wonder what we would do being the people that we are, the humans that we are and how we get easily offended, we get easily hurt with things. If somebody came, if I was in Joseph's place, I'd be like, well, good for you. You had a dream. So did I. Look where I am. Look how great this is. You know what? Go talk to somebody else. Because even though God gave me this dream, I'm stuck right here. I don't want to talk to you. That's what we, some of us would have done when we get hurt. We get offended and we think, oh, God's just not listening. God's not doing what he said he would do. We take this attitude. He gave him these dreams that he would be a great leader. And you know what he did? He went ahead and interpreted those dreams for them. 
because he's still faithful to God. One of them was the dream, you're, you're going to be killed. It happened. That's good. Thank you for that. Thank you for the interpretation. Uh, the other one was that you're going to be restored. And when you get restored, please do not forget about me, Joseph says. Well, guess what? He forgot about him. And again, Joseph, how could this happen to me? How could this happen to me? Ten years he'd been this, this cycle. Ten years. And he waits two more years. The man forgets about him, waits two more years. And Pharaoh has a dream that nobody can interpret. And I'm getting somewhere. He has a dream that nobody can interpret and that restored man says, oh, oops. <laughs> a couple years ago, I was supposed to remember this man named Joseph and, and let anybody, you know, let people know about him and I just, I just forgot. So they call Joseph and he interprets the dream and lets them know that there's going to be seven years of plenty and then there's going to be seven years of famine, so store up your food. So after two years of the famine, we have the seven years of plenty, two years of the famine, 21 years after Joseph has his dreams, 21 years. I give up after a week of praying. 21 years faithful to God. His brothers come. And what does he do? I'll tell you what I would have done. My flesh would have given him a big old butt whooping as soon as I saw him. <laughs> 21 years! Wham, wham! But I don't operate in the flesh all the time. Do my best not to. But 21 years. So what do you think he's going to say to them? What do you think he's going to do after all that he's been through? I've had these dreams. I know what God's God planned for my life, but my brothers did this to me. My brothers, they did this to me. What do you think he's going to do? Remember, he's been faithful all this time, and he blesses them. What? Yes, he blesses them. He takes care of them. Even though they'd done all this to him, they sent him down this road of 21 years of this, he blesses them. Genesis 45, verse 5 through 8. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt to preserve your lives, brothers, my family. I went through all of this for your benefit to save you guys. I can't even imagine, like, that's not even true. Nobody would do that. Yet it is. There are people that have that much love in their heart 
in their life that no matter what is done to them, it does not change their faithfulness to God. We all need to be those people. We all need to be Joseph where, you know what? I've been hurt. I've been slandered. I've been talked about. I've done nothing to deserve it, but I'm going to continue to be faithful to God and not catch offense over this because I want to stay under the umbrella of God's blessing. Genesis 50, 19 through 21. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Man, he could have said, how did this happen to me? How could this happen to me? And stayed angry at God or angry at his brothers. I've been there. Man, I've failed so many times and got mad at God when things didn't go my way. When things in my families, in their lives didn't go my way. I'm like, why, why, why? And I get angry with him. And I get upset and I question. Instead of just believing every single time that God is faithful. This is all part of his plan for my life. God's faithful. He could have held on to the bitterness for everything that happened to him. But I'm sure after all of this, after he looks back and reflects, that this was a process that God prepared, was preparing him for. This is all part of the process as you walk and as you stay faithful to me and I see your faithfulness, I will take care of you. I will take care of you through this whole process. And you'll be able to walk and rule and be in the destiny that I've given you. And a lot of us have, we have a hard time with suffering, but what we need to understand is there's obedience that needs to happen when bad things happen and things don't go your way. You still have to be obedient to God. You can't quit in the middle. Continue being obedient. And, and when we get in those moments where God is trying to teach us something or God is trying to increase our faith, a lot of times we focus on the impossibilities instead of the greatness of who we serve. Like this is impossible. No, no, no. I'll keep my eyes fixed on you because nothing is impossible with you, God. And we hear these things a lot when people get hurt and people get offended. You know, if it wasn't for so-and-so, I'd be different today. If it wasn't for my mom and dad getting divorced, I wouldn't be so bad in relationships today. If it wasn't for that pastor saying this to me, I'd be able to walk in everything that God had for me. If it wasn't for this so-and-so abusing me, then I wouldn't you know, grow up with all this hurt and all this pain and, and, and this way of life now that I've turned to other things instead of turning to God. We hear it all the time. If it wasn't like this, if this wouldn't have happened, then I'd be somebody different. On and on and on we say these things. And it's easy it is easy. I've been there. This is me. It's easy to take the bait of offense when you feel like everything's going wrong in your life. And you don't understand. For praise team would come back up. I want to tell you guys something this morning. For those of you that have been hurt 
those of you that have been offended, those of you that have every reason to feel the way you do this morning. I want to tell you that no man, no woman, and no devil in hell can get you out of the will of God. No one can. The only one that can get you out of the will of God is you. If I hold on to offense and this hatred and this bitterness, I'm taking myself out of the will of God. And we're going to face trials. We're going to be mistreated. But we can't get ourselves out of the will of God when that happens. And if we can stay free from offense, we'll stay exactly where God wants us to be. We'll stay in his will. I've been taken captive by the enemy sometimes in my thoughts and my hurts and my offense that I've taken. I need to remain in God's will no matter what life throws at me. Because he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. And he's faithful as we're faithful to him. It's our choice. It's our choice. And the dream, like for Joseph, the dream or the vision that you are the calling that God's placed on your life may look a lot different to God than it does to you. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to trust. That's a part of faith. Even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, I know he's working and he's faithful because I'm being faithful to him. We have to understand that. And his promises, all the promises in his word will not fail us will not fail us. So as you stand this morning, I know Joseph, but I wanted you guys to see that he had every opportunity. I mean, that was some bad stuff that happened to him. Every opportunity to take offense and walk out of the will of God and give up. But he did not do it. He stayed faithful. And that's a testimony and I want to encourage you guys this morning, if you're dealing with offense, you're dealing with hurt, you're dealing with something in life right now where it just doesn't feel right, it's just not fair, do not take that bait that the enemy's throwing out there for you to be offended. Continue to be faithful to God. Amen? So this morning as we open up the altars and we worship and we pray, every week we're going to be building on this on this bait that the enemy throws out to us. And if it hits you one week, like this, this is me. It might have hit you last week and you didn't move. You've got something that's happened. You need to let it go and you need to stay faithful to God and trust what he's doing in your life. If you need prayer for any of that this morning, if you need prayer for salvation, if you want to rededicate your life, that you're, you're here this morning, you say, man, I just, I'm not living for God like I know I should be. There's, we can pray. We can talk to him. There's forgiveness. There's restoration. There's hope in Jesus. If you need prayer for healing, I've told you guys this from the beginning. I believe in the power of prayer and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to heal and touch and minister in greater ways than we've ever seen. So we're going we're gonna to worship this morning. We're going to pray and we're going to let God do what he wants to do in this place. Let's worship and pray.